0: Welcome to Wall Street Weekly, a show where your hosts, George and Patrick, cut through the financial jargon to keep you educated and informed about the markets that affect our lives.
1: Enjoy the show.
0: This is Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. My name is George Ackala. Patrick Scott is not with me today, being that it is the end of the semester. And today we're going to be talking about my experiences at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting from last week, May 6, 2023. Now, for those of you who don't know... Berkshire Hathaway is the publicly traded company that is in large part run by Warren Buffett, the 92-year-old Oracle of Omaha, and his partner, Charlie Munger, 99 years old. And during the first weekend in May, people descend on Omaha, Nebraska in droves. In fact, it's estimated that around 40,000 people attend this event. So what's the draw? On Saturday of the event, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett, people who have seen the world of investing for 70 years, answer questions from the audience and it's a lottery system it's not oh just some reporters who have kind of the cookie cutter questions no it's real people you can you can put your name in the lottery to actually ask Warren Buffett and Charlie Munger a question and they do this for about 3 hours getting to experience that is in and of itself a very cool thing but obviously you can watch that on CNBC so why are people so fascinated with coming all the way from Omaha and as as you'll see in the interviews from really a long way and for a lot of people this is a meetup this is the one time each year they get to meet up with like-minded individuals and not only network but also listen to new ideas about maybe specific equities or strategies or at the very least just hang out with a community of like-minded people where they share a passion for investing now I'll tell a little more of the story as we go along but I'm gonna start out with our first interview a man by the name of Walter Ching, And this guy is from Taiwan. He had a lot of cool stories that, that he also said, you know, off the record. Um, but one thing I want to bring your attention to is during this interview, he says his favorite Buffett quote is, you don't realize who's swimming naked until the tide goes out. And during the interview, I kind of just glazed over that. But I, I do want to draw some specific attention to that. I'm a personal believer that the efficient market hypothesis, that everything is priced in super well into the market, works 80% of the time. What this means if this is true is that 80% of the time you can pick more or less any large stock on the New York Stock Exchange and you're probably going to have average results. In addition, the stock market generally goes up as well too. So you know, a large percentage of the time you can pick any stock, even if it's good or bad or whatever. Everything gonna be priced in. And a lot of times you can over leverage because asset prices are going up. However, Warren Buffett makes money not during the bull markets, but during the bear markets by making good decisions. And you can't really tell who the bad decision makers are until the tide goes out, until everything goes wrong. You can see who's been swimming naked the whole time. And I think we saw this, you know, with the banks in twenty twenty three, the early part of that. But you know, potentially anytime we hit a recession, or a banking crisis, whether that's in the future or a decade down the road. Those are potentially the opportunities to make money, and that's where people are going to be most vulnerable in their positions too, as asset prices rapidly deflate. With that, my interview with Walter Chang. You are listening to Wall Street Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Right now it is 4 a.m. local time and we are at the Berkshire Hathaway Annual Meeting in Omaha, Nebraska. And I got a very special guest with me flying all the way from Taiwan. Um, We've got Walter Chang. So maybe just to start off with, how did you get to Omaha and then maybe some of your experiences with Berkshire meetings in the past?
2: Sure. Uh, This is my 17th time to come to Omaha to see Warren Buffett and I flew in from Taipei, but uh, you know, first time I think I flew in from New York. So, so I'm living in Taiwan now. So it's a long flight.
0: Is there any like specific like favorite memories that you have from uh, Berkshire meetings in the past, or have you got to meet the man himself?
2: Oh yes, uh, I've had the opportunity to meet him uh, at least two, three times. So I have photos with him, and uh, my son actually uh, had a photo with him five years ago.
0: Uh, and where is he today? Didn't want to brave the 4 a.m. Uh, wait outside of.
2: well he's in taiwan he's in 10th grade so he has school yeah.
0: didn't want to skip for, for this event um so as far as like personal investing is that like something a uh, career that you do
2: or uh, do you work in finance or just something that you do on the side for fun well i do work in finance and project financing but uh i invest in stocks for fun and uh just manage, manage my own money yes now one thing that i've kind of wanted
0: to ask every person that's here the best stock advice you've gotten or best you know decision you've made, but we're going to start off with the worst because that's a lot more important. So what's, what's the worst stock or trading decision, investing decision that you've ever made? Oh, uh,
2: probably not keeping Best Buy. Uh, that was the first stock that I bought and I thought I would be uh, doing well selling it at a nine bagger but of course it went up another 10 times after that and apple <laughs> apple that went up 200 times <laughs> and you did you not buy apple or did you sell earlier oh uh, no i i bought apple two years after steve jobs uh, went back and then sold it at 10 bagger but then of course it went up 20 times after that but uh, i'm glad that i bought back apple when warren buffett bought apple
0: well now now i'll give you the chance to brag on what you've done right and i mean even even in 9 or a 10
2: bagger, that's nothing
0: to be ashamed of. But like, what's the best decision you've ever
2: made? Uh, investing in a predecessor of United Healthcare. So that actually went up 100 baggers. Oh, wow. yeah. So do you have any
0: like... I feel like everyone here has favorite like Buffett-isms or sayings of
2: Warren Buffett. Do you have a few that come to mind? Mm, you know, you don't know who's uh, swimming naked until the tide goes out. So we're seeing that in the banking industry right now. Yeah, for
0: sure. If you could explain a little kind of kind of what's going on in Taiwan, I'm sure that everyone's been asking you about that recently. As far as like an investor, how should we be approaching that? Especially, you know, if we want a little exposure to international markets. I know that's probably like a very, uh, very broad quest but do you have any insights on on the country there and potential impending conflict? Uh, No comment on that.
2: (laughs) No, this is a very sensitive issue, so.
0: What are you looking forward to most for this year's meeting, 2023? And, like, I mean, you've been here since... What time did you show? Uh, 1:53. Okay, 1, 153. Okay, 153 a.m. Why is it worth waiting outside six hours to for the Berkshire Hathaway meeting?
2: Well, I have jet lag and, uh, you know, it's always nice to stand in line and meet new people. Yeah, For sure.
0: Well, we've been talking with Walter Chang and just appreciate you coming onto the show and you've been listening to Wall Street Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Listening to that interview made me realize I forgot to mention one thing as well, and that's that I was doing these interviews at like 4 to 5 a.m. in a very crowded line waiting outside of the CHI Health Center. So I apologize, you know, if any of the audio is difficult to understand or hear or any of that. Um, But yeah, it was very loud. I apologize for that. But I will say it was like 4.30 in the morning. So my technical abilities, being able to set everything up was not as good as it could be. But more importantly, the line at like 4.30 in the morning was already huge outside of the CHI Health Center. Everyone was super jazzed to see Warren Buffett and, and really just talking about investing stuff in line so that it, it didn't even really feel like a wait, to be honest. It just felt like you were hanging out with people. And the opening of the doors, well, not an afterthought, seemed almost secondary to the networking and really the making of friends that was happening in line. Now, the second guest I brought on was a man by the name of James Eddins. One thing that I want to bring particular attention to about his interview is he talks about Charlie Munger, which I mentioned earlier, Charlie Munger is 99 years old, which may make you think, okay, he's kind of going downhill, um, and I think it would be very well excused if he didn't really have a great brain on him. I think we all know how older people, you know, you just see mental sharpness decline with age. And Charlie Munger was not like that at all. It was very insane. And if you, you know, listen to any of the audio, he knows transactions that took place 20, 30 years ago. And he is very strong opinion, but he always has some reason why he believes uh, what he does. And I think that while everyone seems to focus on Buffett, that was one surprising thing about the meeting as well is there were a ton of Charlie Munger fans there. And don't get me wrong, you know, Charlie Munger is recognized, but I didn't realize how much he brought to the company and how great the relationship between him and Warren was. With that being said, here's the interview with Mr. James Eddins. And we are back at the Berkshire Hathaway meeting 2023. It's, it's getting pretty late. It's, what, 4.30 right now? And I'm joined by a very special guest, uh, Mr. Uh, James Eddins. Is that how you pronounce your last that's name? That's it. Okay, got it right. So how many how many years have you been at the meeting?
3: This will be my eighth, I believe,
0: yeah. Eighth year. I'm guessing you have quite a few stories. Are there any that just, like, come to the top of your mind or that, that really stick out, uh, people that you've met?
3: Well, everyone here, we actually make new friends every year. So, uh, so yes. Yeah. So, Absolutely.
0: Now, have you met Charlie Munger, Warren Buffett, any of those guys got in the picture? We have. We've
3: had a special event with uh, Charlie Munger, I guess now five years ago, at a daily journal meeting. And there is a video out there on YouTube where a group of people... 20 or so people, after the meeting, stayed for about two hours and just talked with Charlie and just asked him question after question. But it's out there on YouTube.
0: Did you teach Charlie Munger anything, do you think? Uh, no, sir. <laughs>
3: but he answered very candidly, and yes, he's, uh, we admire him greatly.
0: So I got to ask them, like, I guess what impresses you most about like meeting those guys in person versus maybe what you see on on TV or listen to on the radio? I guess like what, what surprised you about those guys? They're so approachable,
3: yes, and so honest, yes, and uh, and so free with teaching others. That's what they're very good at doing, okay? And uh, they are the best run company, I believe personally, you know, in the country, so if not around the
0: world. They've done very well in investing, you know, beating the market probably for, what, like 40 years Been now. Doing it right. And and we also know that in your personal investing experience, they used to call you the market beater because you used to consistently beat the market, you know, known as the maven of mobile. So let, let's talk a little about your, your best investing experience. And, and I guess maybe, maybe it's a stock, maybe it's a philosophy. Like, what, what do you think you're most proud of that you've done in investing?
3: Invest in Berkshire. Absolutely.
0: So leave it to the experts. Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett know what they're they doing.
3: do much better than Berkshire Hathaway. Okay. Yeah. And
0: how long have you been a shareholder for?
3: Uh, I've been in the business. I'm uh, in the finance business, and uh, so 15 years, a little over 15 years now. So, yes.
0: So you're able to buy during the Great Recession, buy low, and hopefully uh, when you retire someday, hopefully soon, you get sell hot.
3: That, along with my clients, yes, yes, yes. Yeah.
0: So now the funner part for me is, what's the worst investing decision you've made?
3: So easy. That is offshore drilling. Oh. Did
0: you lose everything? Did it go to zero?
3: It went so close to zero that, yeah, it, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But it's still out there and tradable, but not worth, yeah. Don't take that type of risk. Okay. That's it. And then
0: what did you learn from that?
3: Uh, to really pay attention to the risk and even things that you do not know that can happen, you know, they can happen. So, yeah, yeah. yeah
0: definitely. Yeah. And you're a, you've are you told me multiple times you're a big Charlie Munger fan. So do you have any, like, favorite Charlie Munger sayings or anything that you, you just like that he said over the years or at previous meetings?
3: Well, honestly, yes. Uh, his humility. We ask him directly, you know, what is his greatest contribution to Berkshire. And he always says that, hey, this is Warren's baby. And uh, that's it that he really hasn't made too much of a contribution but we know that he has you know
0: yeah i mean that's interesting because like i've always been told that the way to be the smartest investor in the room is to know that you're not the smartest investor in the room so that seems kind of like the philosophy that charlie munger takes absolutely absolutely Absolutely. So as kind of a final wrap-up question, I, I guess, like, what are what are you most excited for for this coming meeting in 2023? And I'm guessing you're coming back in the future, so what are you looking forward to?
3: Seeing these guys answer questions again, you know, that anybody poses for the hours that they do. That's what no other, we'll never see anything like this possibly again, and there's nothing like it now. So,
0: So do you think, like, this meetup will continue you once Warren Buffett is 93, Charlie Munger is 99.
3: Yes, I certainly hope so. Well,
0: that's that's about all the time we have. Is there any closing thoughts that you have that you want to, the knowledge that you want to give to your audience? Listen to Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett
3: all that you can. That's it. Simple as that.
0: Well, definitely appreciate the time. Thank you. And something I want to add to that last interview is we were talking about the ages of... Uh, Charlie Munger and Warren Buffett and whether the meetup would still happen. The funny thing is actually during the meeting, they have videos that play on the screen beforehand um, to entertain the audience. And one of them was clips of the times they had been asked what was going to happen to Berkshire Hathaway once Charlie Munger and once Warren Buffett left. And the crazy part is they've been asked this since 1995, Well, to be fair, you know, they were in their 60s at that point, and it was a fair question whether these guys would be retiring. But, you know, 30 years later, and they're still at their best, the envy of really any investor. And it's it's a really cool thing to experience. And I think that's why people go to this event is so they feel like they were a part of history. You know, I don't like to pick favorites as far as interviews go, but I think I'm pretty safe to say that Bill Kramer was definitely one of the funnest guys I've talked to. And I feel like I can say this because everyone I was lined up with agreed. So very energetic dude. I think what I liked about him is he really embodied, I think the average Berkshire investor just, you know, accentuated in a lot of ways in the sense that yeah, outwardly he's sounds way more excited than everyone else. And you know, he really is, but everyone going to this type of meeting It felt like at least the people I was hanging out with shared this similar level of excitement. And and of course, he displayed it in his own way. But yeah, it was just really fun to talk to him. And, you know, hopefully it kind of gives you a cross section of what a lot of people at this meeting are like. So with that, my, my interview with Mr. Bill Kramer. Welcome back to Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. Today I'm joined by Bill Kramer, known in the world as the real Kramer in finance. We're, We're talking to people about their experiences with the Berkshire meeting. So I guess, is there any memories that stick out to you kind of in the past meetings or people that you've met that make it a fun meeting to come back to year and year again. The, the coolest, the coolest experience I had, I met um,
1: an 18-year-old um, college student. It was Sunday, and he he wanted, he said, "What are you doing tonight?" And I said, "Well, I'm I'm going back to my hotel." He goes, "You want to join me for dinner?" And we went to the restaurant that we're, uh, Warren Buffett goes to on Sunday night. So he had reservations, and he's sitting six tables from us, and, and he he was he was schooling me, he was. Schooling me on investing, and, and all of a sudden I see him doing something really kind of weird. He called the waitress over, and I'm like, "Wow, what is he doing?" He treated Warren Buffett's table to uh, dinner. So Warren Buffett came over to our table, and he introduced me to him and shook my hand. And he goes, "Wow, it's 216 bucks. It's a lot. It's a little more expensive than last year." So that, that was really kind of cool. And he, when he was in fourth grade, and I kind of figured back then um, that was in 2000, and he was in fourth grade and had to do a school project on investing, and I, I figured back then the, sh- the shares now are like worth 500,000. I figured the shares back then were 2000 His parents say, well, forget about this as a, a project. Why don't we just do it live? So they gave him money to invest. And he became an investor when he was in fourth grade. So let's say, his I don't know what his parents gave, gave him. I didn't like, ask him. But let's say they let him buy five shares. So the $10,000 today is worth, what, $2.5 million? Yeah, so that was really cool experiences. But uh, coming back every year, meeting these guys and meet, meet, meeting new friends, that's it. Yeah.
0: And you mentioned talking to Warren Buffett and, and stuff. And I've been asking people who have met him, is there anything that surprised you about him or like anything different about him than maybe the outward persona no he just wants to um
1: kind of live in a community and be like everybody else The the biggest thing he wants to do is he wants to educate us. His greatest fear is to have an uneducated shareholder, and that's what he's doing this week, and he wants to help us
0: out. What's your relationship to investing, and maybe Berkshire more specifically? Um, The
1: the biggest thing that worked out for me was becoming a Warren Buffett shareholder. Um, I'm not in their game to do as well, so um, that's the smartest thing I did is just owning his shares and let it grow.
0: Might as well let the the best manager in the world uh, take care of your money, not a bad strategy. So do you work in industry, or is it just kind of a personal hobby for you?
1: Well, it's more than a personal hobby. It's something we all want to do. I mean, we all work hard, and someday we want to kind of have financial freedom.
0: So you've done really more of a passive approach then in just investing in Berkshire, or have you done like any of your own investing? But
1: um, it really didn't work out. So it, it, this is what's worked out.
0: So this is where it's fun for me. So what's, what's the worst investing decision you've ever made? Because I think to avoid making the same mistakes, you got to learn from mistakes. So maybe I can learn from yours so I don't make the same ones myself.
1: I can help you there. Which one you want to know? I'm like kidding. <laughs> <laughs> got
0: to read the table of contents,
1: right? Um, what's the worst one? Um, I'll tell you what. I'll, I'll tell you the worst one. It's it's not it's not the worst one. It's the opportunity cost. Um, so at one time I had a, a really big stake with um, AutoNation, and actually I I, I came into decision on my own. So nobody nobody helped me on it. And uh, Bill Gates had a big um, stake in it. And Eddie, Eddie Lambert and I got in at like nine dollars a share. And um, and I, I knew it was worth like 18 bucks.
4: Yeah.
1: And I knew it was, and it went down to the four, there was a panic in the market, and I kind of panicked, I got out. I got out, made a couple dollars, and I would I don't even look at it, because it's kind of painful to go look at it is, but um, I would say it's probably um, gone up by maybe 10 to 10 15 bagger, so. want to to buy 10 to 15 times more. So um, then it was an opportunity when it went down. That's the biggest thing about investing. So he'll tell you, sell when people are greedy and buy when people are fearful. And people were fearful then. And that's when the money could have been made. Like it was roughly 208. That's when a lot of money could have been made. So um, biggest blunder I've had.
0: Yeah. And I mean, the thing about that quote is I think all investors who've studied Buffett intuitively know, yeah, be fearful when others are greedy, greedy when others are fearful. But I can tell you it's way harder when you're actually in that situation when it looks like a stock might go to zero, you know, you, not to trust your instinct. Going away from the negativity, is there anything that you're really proud of, anything you want to brag about, any decision that you've made?
1: Well, you mentioned about going to zero. Yeah. Um, Boyle from Vanguard, yeah. Buffett will say, like, buy Vanguard uh, mutual funds. Yeah. He, Boyle says that, that will never happen. If that does happen, you can have a greater fear. So you, you're not going to be eating food. So that's never going to happen. But as far as proud, nah, just owning shares. I mean, that's, that's really it. Yeah. I mean,
0: I feel like Berkshire Hathaway it really supports kind of what America's all about, you know good American businesses. Um, so I, I think that's a, a really cool thing. You, you mentioned the, the Buffett quote, is there any other Buffett or Munger quotes that really have guided you or that you really appreciate?
1: Yeah, there, there's he, he gave an example if you take a dollar and it doubles every year for 20 years, okay this isn't a, this is a tax example. It's worth, it's worth a million bucks. But if you take the same dollar and sell it every year and pay taxes, what do you think it would be worth? It, it's, it's worth a million that way, but if you did the same thing and you pay taxes every year, what would you
0: say it's worth? I don't know, probably less than 100K.
1: Um, that's a brilliant answer. The other way it's worth a million, <laughs> This way, it's worth 65. I'm going to tell you what—that's a billion answer. I've asked a lot of people, and they—they'll tell you 400,000. So the moral of the story is: let it grow. Don't pay taxes. Yeah,
0: I think that's very wise. Like a lot of people here, probably tried to do that. I've talked to at least have tried to do their own personal investing, and then. After a few years, you know, trust some of the best managers in the world to manage it for you. But as we wrap up, I guess, what what are you most excited about for the meeting specifically this year and going forward? To start out my day right away? To get the free breakfast. Yeah, and, and if our listeners don't know, you know, this meeting does have a free breakfast. And from what I've heard, $1 dilly bars, too. It's
4: getting
1: educated for the day, so I'm really excited. And I'm here, I'm here with good friends, so that's, um, that's good stuff. Yeah.
0: Now approaching 5 a.m. outside of the CIA. Hi Health Center in Omaha, Nebraska. Thanks to Bill Kramer, the best Kramer in investing. Appreciate your time. One thing I do want to quick clarify is when he says "hold and don't pay taxes," he is not advocating for tax fraud. Just so you guys know, um, I think the idea is there is to buy and hold. You avoid capital gains tax, or you know, use a 401k Roth IRA, that sort of thing. But again, this show does not provide financial advice, so If you're thinking about any of that, make sure to talk to a licensed person before you do that. But yeah, that was a really fun interview. And like I said, I think he really embodies the average investor at a Berkshire Hathaway meeting that if you're willing to listen, you know, they'll tell you a lot of things, give you a lot of good advice, and they legitimately, you know, are interested in you and want to see you succeed as well, too. It creates great community. And then along those same lines, the next man I interviewed was Matt McAllister, and this is actually the guy who set me up and was the reason that I was outside CHA Health Center at 4 in the morning. Um, he, we met the day before, had never met him before this event. And we just talked about investing and kind of what he did and, and some of his decisions, whatnot. Um, and with that, he invited me to, to line up with their group outside of the Buffett meeting at 3 in the morning. So I woke up at 2 a.m., Drove from Lincoln to Omaha, which is about an hour, and started lining up. And I got to say, even though it wasn't that fun to wake up early, and I know a lot of people um, didn't even sleep. They just kind of pulled an all-nighter. It was definitely the best part of my trip to Omaha. Just being able to talk to people, um, you know, for the four hours, I've got to admit, time really flew. Um, it didn't feel like we waited that long outside. And with that, here's my interview with Mr. Matt McAllister. I'm joined by Matt McAllister, the monger of Mobile Alabama. How are we feeling? Got the energy ready to ready to listen to the QA today?
5: Yeah, there's a lot of uh, adrenaline flowing, everybody, you know, there's a lot of good friends here, and so we're having a good time standing in line and being interviewed by you. Well, I appreciate that. Now I've been asking everyone here
0: about Berkshire stories that they've had in the past. Are there any that specifically come to mind for you?
5: Uh, you know, we've we've been coming, a lot of us have been coming for a little over ten years, some fifteen, but getting to to know each other and learning from each other what to experience here, what to pay attention to. And uh, we've tweaked our system pretty well, so we get some pretty good seats. I think that's why you're standing here with us. And uh, once we get in there, it's uh, we'll have a very enjoyable time. I've got to let our listeners know that it's like a full on
0: game plan. He's getting out the whiteboard, coaches showing us where he wants us to go. You know, we, yeah, we got, no. yeah, got certain people going each way. And is there anyone that you've met at the Berkshire meeting? Have you met Munger? Have you met uh, Buffett in the past? Uh,
5: I've I've met Warren at a couple meetings and was able to shake his hand and say thank you. Yesterday we saw him with his daughter and we said thank you. And the main thing I want him to know is how much we appreciate what he's done. I've come to understand that he he likes to be appreciated and it's very easy to do so with him. And so uh, every time I get a chance to see him, I say thank you. Yeah. And what's your favorite thing about Warren Buffett or I guess his philosophy
0: and what makes you – keep on coming back to his to his meetings and listening to him speak
5: well I mean uh, of course he's the the world's greatest investor probably of all time but uh, really it's the what he's taught us about life uh, my favorite uh, story that he tells or philosophy that he has is when um, they ask him what's the most important thing and that said uh, he says at the end of your life to have the people that you want to love you actually love you you know I mean I think if we live every day with that in mind we'll probably wind up in a pretty a good spot yeah
0: and i think that's the impression i've kind of
5: gotten of buffett
0: is that he is very authentic he does care about relationships the fact that i know a lot of investors want to take pictures of his home not because it's some mansion but because it's some ranch style home in omaha nebraska i think is a really really cool testament to what he does and i've been asking everyone and you've got to hear all the responses so i know you've had time to carefully craft yours but
5: what's the greatest investment decision that you've ever made probably the greatest decision was uh I worked for a company called Merck, and they had a CEO that uh, brought them uh, to become Fortune's most admired company for seven years in a row. And um, they had a mandatory retirement age at 65, and he was a very young 65-year-old. So he left and he became, um, I think, chairman of the board of a company called Regeneron. And so I invested uh, some money in him back then when it's was trading at $16 a share. And now it's at 800 <laughs> Yeah, I mean that's that's pretty outstanding performance. So do you value management then more than most people or is that something you really look for when you're investing in a company? Well, yeah, definitely. Management makes all the difference. Uh, but, you know, you, you try and buy companies like uh, Warren and Charlie talk about that um, anybody could run, and then hopefully you find somebody that runs them well, and then you've got the best of all worlds. Well, I've, I've let you
0: kind of brag on yourself. What's the worst investing decision you've ever made, whether it's, you know, a stock you bought or, you know, not getting in early enough, or, or what, what does that look like?
5: I have had time to think about it, and, and um, my worst investing decision was to get uh, diversified. Um, You know, if you're going to spend the time to try and learn how to do this, uh, you should have the confidence to make a, a few good decisions. And I think Warren talked about that in the annual meeting, is that um, a good decision every five or six years is the reason why they're so different than everybody else. And you know, I bought mutual funds that performed well, but not as well as some of the other decisions I made. So if I held five to eight stocks, I would be well enough diversified for me, and I would have a better record. I, I think Buffett even
0: says something about that, that if you're incompetent, it doesn't matter how many stocks you buy, if they're all bad, you know, you're still exposed to that that um, systematic risk. Now, do you have any Buffett quotes or Munger quotes that, that come to mind as maybe a philosophy investing-wise or just
5: life? Uh, probably the one I, I said really is, had the biggest impact on me is, you know, you, you you live your life so at the end, you know, the, the people you really care about care about you. Yeah. And, uh, you know, you you got a long uh, runway like you do uh you should wind up in a really good spot and congratulations to you for being here
0: yeah appreciate it skipping some finals for this but i think it's definitely worth it and yeah you said that about buffett i think even the fact that when you saw him he's with his daughter you know on the golf cart uh really is a testament to you. he could be hanging out all 40,000 people at this event probably want to talk to him, but he's taking time for people who matter most. As a final closing thought, like, what are you excited for, for 2023 in specific, and, and like, what excites you to coming back to this event in the future?
5: Well, you know, I, I attended something yesterday, and it really made me think. You know, we always talk about, we're hearing everybody talk about the culture, and Munger says he's absolutely confident that culture will sustain after they're gone. But I think we as shareholders have a responsibility to help maintain the culture too. And and I mean that from supporting the meeting and supporting the management and trying to um, encourage them to act in a way that's consistent with the way Berkshire was built. And that's a very ethical and highly moral enterprise that's also profitable. And so they do very well by doing good things and you know hopefully we can continue to expect that of them and act the same way ourselves. Even being here for the you know the the 24 hours I've been here everyone's just so willing
0: to I think you know lend advice and specifically like I've left my bag you know places and people are, are generally very respectful here which has been a very cool thing. But I've enjoyed talking to you, uh, Matt McAllister, Mr. McAllister. And, uh, Tell me anything you want. An- anything I want to. Well,
5: it nice meeting you, and I, uh, I'm glad that you're here, and hopefully you'll be back.
0: I hope you enjoy being around me, because we're still going to be here for another four hours. So This has been Wall Street Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. At the end there, I was not joking. This is definitely a great event and one that I do plan to to come back to in the future. You know, it helped me learn that I really was passionate about value investing. You know, if you're willing to wake up at 2 in the morning to do something you should probably pursue that more or, you know, consider doing that for a career. But perhaps even more inspiring was a man by the name of Heron. And he was a college student who had studied in USC, but was originally from Hong Kong and he went to the University of Hong Kong, only been in the States for one semester. And one thing that I loved about talking with him was he has the same almost childlike wonder as me for investing and just, you know, a desire to learn everything there is to know which is really cool because, you know, when you're by yourself or, you know, even in the college community, you will take an academic approach to investing, which I think can be a good thing. But at the same time, sometimes it's easy to forget that this is actually a really fun thing. And, you know, learning is very much a worthwhile endeavor. And I, I think he also, you know, had some very wise words, you know, even considering his age. One thing that he says in there is, to avoid the thing that's wrong, you don't have to be right every time, but just avoid the things that's wrong. And I think in life, and you know, especially in investing, people try to make it very difficult. You have to, you know, follow all these ratios or patterns on the chart. But at the end of the day, if you just avoid, you know, what's bad, you're probably gonna do pretty well. And I know that's easier said than done, but I think it goes kind of to the theory of Occam's Razor, where Often the most simple explanation is the best. If you buy good companies, you're probably gonna do well. You know, it's it's not it's not rocket surgery, as one of my professors would always say. And another thing I loved about this interview is I think it kind of displays how big of an impact just a single man from Omaha really has on the world. The fact that in Hong Kong they're teaching about him, and you know, value investing has really gone global. I think is really Um, Just interesting phenomena and the fact that people are willing to fly hours halfway across the globe just to see one man, Warren Buffett. So I hope you'll enjoy the interview as much as I did. Welcome back to Wall Street Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale, 101.7 FM. I'm joined by Heron from Hong Kong, but studying at USC. Is that correct? Yeah, it is. And is this your first time at the meeting? Yeah, first time ever. Okay, so what what, what do you think of the meeting so far?
6: Um, honestly, I, I didn't expect to learn anything. I, I know I'm going to learn a lot, but I only care for to see, to see the Warren, the Charlie. That's all I want. Yeah.
0: yeah. Okay. So you're excited to see those guys, hence why you. What time do you wake up at the, uh, this morning to show up? 1 a.m.? 1 you want to be at the front of the line, you want to see Charlie
6: and Warren. That's
0: why I came here. Okay. And when did you really first start learning about Charlie and Warren Buffett and get into investing? Yeah,
6: I take my undergraduate at the University of Hong Kong. And in my freshman year, I took an I took an internship at Hedge Fund. So the analyst that be my which is supervisor gave me a book which is read by Li Lu, is a Chinese guy coworker with uh, with a, with a Warren Buffett and Charlie. And that book is called Value Investment in China. So that's the first book ever ever read about the investment. So that's why that's why I know Warren Buffett and his investment philosophy. Was it about Was the book about uh, Warren
0: Buffett's like experience investing? China, or what was that about?
6: Uh, it's all about uh, the Li Lu guy, which is the co-worker of the of the Warren Chari, and he share about his ideas and investment, like his personal experience about his investment in China. So that really enlightened me a lot. Okay.
0: Do you have any like personal opinions on investing in China? Because I know a lot of people. It, it's a weird structure in the U. S. where you have to buy it through holding companies and that sort of thing. Do you have any like experience with that or any opinion on that?
6: Um, talking about experience, I do some of my personal trading. It's not about investment. <laughs> yes, my personal trading is a lot. It's majorly Asia market, which is the Chinese stock market. Uh, it has been changing a lot compared to several years before, especially after uh, the COVID. So the whole world has changed. Yeah. It has been different, but still the world is gonna run in further. The although the U.S. and China relationship is getting harder and harder, yeah, yeah for some reason. But uh, yeah, the, the globalization cannot be stopped. Yeah. So that's why they need cooperation. So in that case, um, although some guy may say that China is uninvestable, but yeah, we can still make money from that by investment. Yeah, but because the world is gonna like function continuously, yes, yeah. it won't stop. That's what I think.
0: And do you think that you know? investing in china how do you know that you know the government's not going to step in and take over
6: companies or is that something that you have to factor into your models oh definitely so um well in my personal understanding there are several key industries so that's a whole different thing between china and maybe u.s so like social different social systems, but in my understanding, the government, they want to control, and they need to control several key industries, like infrastructure, and basically everything about that personal life, and it cannot be like uh, increased increase prices, be monopoly, so it has been controlled. So you just need to think wisely, and give a proper evaluation to several kind of industries. So ultimately, like after reform and opening policies, China has been relying on their personal private sector about business a lot, so that won't stop. And they will continue to rely on that. Yeah,
0: No, I mean, that's quite interesting. I'm, I'm curious, in your own personal experience, you said you'd done a little Chinese investing. Have you ever been burned by
6: China? Yes, a lot, especially like around October last year, uh, my whole portfolio dropped around like 20%. Okay. Yeah, you know there the index called uh, uh, called the Shanghai Stock Index. So I personally buy a lot of ETF in that. So originally like, uh, it's like it's like three stocks in that index. So it has been dropped from 3,000 to around to uh, 2,700. So that's a lot of drop. But at that point, I just purchase. I just feel very bored because yeah, I lost my money. But yeah, it's tough. That's yeah, but I just follow the Warren Buffett strategy Like if I really believe in something I just buy and hold so eventually we we'll recover. So that's what I expect exactly Yeah, so
0: I talked about kind of you know, have been burned a little by Chinese investing and what that's looked like Do you have any like success stories about investing overseas or even it could be domestic as well?
6: You mean overseas? You yeah, know, it could be overseas or domestic. You know, some you've done really well in. Uh, yeah, uh, I think my best investment, uh, not investment, best new trading, have been made is uh, I purchased silver in Tencent in my high school, which is uh, 2018. Yeah, I still holding. It now, I, was, I didn't sell at the highest point. I still hold it. Yeah, but it double my return. And what did you say that was? Uh, Ten Cent. Or
0: mm-hmm. uh, the the company, co- yeah, the company? Oh, the co- the company is called Ten Cent. Yeah. Okay. I was gonna say I'm like you bought you bought a stock for 10 cents I'm like yeah, I made, t- made 10 cents off of it okay great so what has been your you said you're here at the meeting to see Warren and Charlie uh, but what's your kind of experience been in the day or in the days leading up to this or like kind of at the meeting so far
6: it's been great. I just fly from LA to here yesterday, so I took the airplane. That's the first airplane, air uh, ticket I ever take. That whole bunch of people, passengers, talking about stocks. That's crazy, and it's been. It's because Omaha is a small town compared to LA or Hong Kong. So I just came here, uh, in any restaurant. So people sitting that uh, sitting next to me, they are all come here for a meeting, and they we we will just talk about stocks and our futures, maybe our outlook about investment, the Warren Buffett, Charlie stuff. Just very like natural. Yeah, that's so amazing, such an amazing experience.
0: Yeah, and my experience personally, it's kind of like... When you're with your friends at the lunch table talking about, you know, a sporting event or a new video game or something, everyone is just so yes. happy here about investing. It's not really work. Um, do you have any favorite Warren Buffett or Charlie Munger quotes or anything that you've learned from them specifically?
6: Uh, yeah, I have. But I, I read the Chinese version, so what I'm saying is may not be pr- exactly correct. So basically the meaning is uh, Warren Buffett saying that uh, if you – if you want to be successful, you just avoid the thing that is wrong. I, I, I personally feel that impressed me a lot because I, I always like make my life more complicated, but just do the right thing in the most simple way, I would say, yeah, that helps me a lot. That's my favorite. Yeah, definitely.
0: Well. That's about all I have for you. It's been great, you know, listening to you and especially your perspective kind of overseas. I know a lot of people at this, at this meeting, you know, very domestically, folks. So that's a, that's a great perspective to have. Appreciate you having on. Thank you. Thank you so
6: much. Just follow him. The guy is amazing.
0: <laughs> Again, I just want to shout out to Heron. That was a very fun interview to do. And like I said, just a very interesting perspective. Um, from the overseas investing and someone who is very passionate about investing as well. You know, really cool to connect with him. Now, finally, I interviewed a man by the name of Stafford Northcote. And I guess what I learned from him is he was very concerned about educating himself about the stock market. So he would read different reports every single day and, you know, try to watch, read as much as he can. And I think that's like a really important thing that I feel like our society sometimes doesn't value that much, and maybe I'm getting a little philosophical, but I think it's important to have hobbies that you're very passionate about that you invest time into, you know, whether that's hunting, fishing, um, watching sports, whatever. I think it's healthy to have things other than, you know, the career that you do as something that you're really good at. I mean, even though he did do investing as a career, you know, for him, it kind of double counted because it's something that he, you know, enjoyed doing regardless whether or not he was getting paid for it. So with that being said, my interview with Stafford Northcote. I'm here with Stafford Northcote who's been to this meeting a couple of times before. What are your first impressions of 2023 or how have you enjoyed it so far?
4: I really enjoyed it. Um, I like everybody here, made new friends. I enjoy the shopping and I just enjoy the vibe.
0: Yeah and we haven't really had people talk about you know the shopping yet so do you just maybe want to explain what goes on in the convention center during the shopping days?
4: Well I like it because they got great books. You get a bunch of literature that Buffett and Munger recommend and I like to get as many books as I can. Can, then take them home and read them over the year until the next meeting um i also like to get the uh, material like the shirts and pants for my child
0: and that's one thing that i think buffett and munger like are intensely focused on is educating their shareholders uh we had it, someone say before you know their worst fear is an uneducated shareholder so where are you from? How did you get to this meeting, and, and what was your experience with that? I'm from Dana Point, California, and my
4: uncle runs a huge uh, money management fund, Everett Harris, and he recommended I come, okay. and he got me into Berkshire Hathaway in 2002.
0: Gotcha. And the, so this is your third year here. Do you have any have any interesting meetups? Have you seen Buffett or Munger? Or, you know, like uh, any any cool people? I saw
4: uh, Munger in L.A. Okay. at the Daily Journal meeting. And um, I've never met Buffett, but I've seen him from a distance. But I just love to come and hear their wisdom and hear them talk about running a concentrated portfolio and yeah. talk about intrinsic value and what to look for and such. Yeah. And I just think it's a great experience.
0: Yeah. And you you said you've been in Berkshire since 2002. Is that correct? Is that is that part of a career for you?
4: Yes, it is. Okay.
0: Cool. So. Then you probably have a lot of experience making good and bad decisions. Let's start with the bad decisions you've made because I think that's what you can probably learn the most well, from. The worst decision
4: I made is I bought a bunch of Whole Foods. It went down, and then it got acquired by Amazon. Okay. So that, that that bothers me to this day.
0: Okay, you know probably been in California, you saw a lot of the Whole Foods. I mean, it has done pretty well under Amazon now, so that that must hurt a little to see. Um, what about best decisions though? Is there any ones that stick out to you?
4: My best decision is I got into Bank of America at six, okay. and
0: then I got into Apple before it split 11 for one the last time. Okay, wow. As far as like Buffett quotes or Munger quotes, is there any that just stick out to you that, that you really enjoy? oh boy um
4: you know r- rule one don't lose the money you know yeah. I me mean? you know rule yeah. two don't lose the money you know so yeah. you no know, that's about it but i just enjoyed the process and i enjoy reviewing barons and value line and yeah just such like that stuff like that
0: if no one if you knew you couldn't make money investing is it something that you're passionate about like you would do it for free or is it a hobby for you like do you enjoy it
4: yeah i enjoy it. it's my career but i also enjoy it yeah. so yeah yeah
0: and then I guess as a final thought like what are you excited for what are you looking for in the Q&A this year and I'm looking forward to just have get an overall
4: understanding about the market what you're thinking about the banks about oil yeah. about you know inflation is inflation permanent or is it transitory yeah so
0: yeah is this the earliest you've come out to try to see the meeting or do you always come at what five in the morning
4: I usually come in at this time okay so yeah.
0: bright and early getting good seats for uh, doing the interview on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM. Overall, I'm so happy that I went to this event, and you know, I'm even hoping that next year I can bring Patrick along so we can have a show on location in Omaha. Now, we're out of time, but if you've missed any of this show or any previous shows, a reminder that they can be found at our Twitter page, at Wall Street Pod. Thank you for listening to Wall Street Weekly on Radio Free Hillsdale 101.7 FM.